previously on the Sports Refuge Podcast. My kids are going to be adults longer than they're going to be kids. And for him to come up and say that, that he wanted me there more, it just broke my heart. From Delaware, almost live, this is the Sports Refuge Podcast. This is the weekly podcast featuring interviews with guests discussing their connection to sports. And now, here's your host, Earl Holland. Welcome to episode 30 of the Sports Refuge Podcast, the show where we talk with guests about their connection to sports. I'm your host, Earl Holland. This week, the show is making a little bit of history with our milestone episode, having one of our first guests making their fourth appearance, my friend Ben Penserga of the Movies and a Meal podcast. As America's pastime rolls into the summer season, Ben and I discuss some of our favorite baseball-themed movies. Topics of interest include our choices for some of our favorite and worst baseball movies. We'll also take a look at some movies that are hidden gems. Right now, let's jump into my interview with Ben Penserga. Back again is one of my favorite guests, Ben Penserga. We are going to talk about a lot of things. I know some of the topics we will broach on include baseball movies and whatever else comes to mind, because normally that's how it goes with some of these podcasts. How are you doing today, Ben? How you doing, man? I am doing great. Thank you for coming back on the show because you basically you are almost close to how SNL has their five timers club. You're basically on time number four. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, it's always good talking to you, man. I mean, um, for those who don't know, I mean, Earl and I were together. I don't know, geez, like was it? It wasn't ten years, but it was a long time. We were together for a long time, and uh, we've been friends for a long time. So. You know, Earl lives um, like two hours away right now, so I don't get to see him uh, as often as uh, I used to. So it's just good to talk. One thing that I know, especially being down in Salisbury, there is really one close movie theater in proximity to you guys as opposed to going to Ocean City where some of the other ones are. And it's weird seeing how it looks like one theater company is sort of cornering the market there. Yeah, there's one movie theater in Salisbury I could probably walk there. I might actually walk there. I mean, it gets most of the movies, independent movies there, too. Ocean City has a couple more movie theaters. They're a little, they're all me, so you get some different movies, thankfully, if you want a little variety. The seating is actually better there. Um, you know, Ocean City's kind of invested in the fancier leather seats and, and kind of stretch out and everything like that. Um, if I can get out on a little rant here... Um, already uh, we're like like three minutes in the movie experience has changed a little bit i think over the summer i feel like everyone's kind of gone to a side seating with their seats which is kind of fun because i actually order my tickets in advance uh, through the app and everything like that so i can pick and choose my seats but i don't understand people i feel like every time i go there people who are like almost going to fight over seats just because someone is not smart enough to realize they're not in the right row or they're not reading their ticket properly. Um, there's always kind of drama. The John Wick movie that we went to a couple weeks ago in Ocean City, it was the same thing. I think you're in my seat. And then just people standing and milling and it gets heated. I don't know why. It's just a ticket. And again, it's pretty easy to solve. You just whip out the ticket and match your row and number to the corresponding uh, seat. But I don't know, man. We're in a different age now. The biggest thing that I have with that whole row and sign seating thing, I understand the whole issue. If you have a middle seat, it can get really, really confusing as opposed to having an edge seat because, you know, you're either seats 
eight or nine at the end or seats one and two on the opposite side. But once you start getting into the middle, you can lose track of, okay, where am I sitting? Is this three? Is this five? Is this seven? Those things can get a little nuts because even with the numbers on there, do you think maybe this is for the seat to my right? Because it's weird how they have some of those seats designated. Yeah, and I think, I mean, obviously part of it is just we're not used to it and we're probably not used to it where I am, maybe in some other cities where, you know, you have some movie theaters that have always been assigned seating. I don't know. If we're going to have a learning curve, it's all good. Just take it easy, man. You don't need to fight over it. It'll be solved. You'll, you'll see the movie. It's all good. You got a ticket. You're in there. And just being up in Newark, seeing that within a, I'd say maybe 10, 15 mile vicinity, there are at least five movie theaters. One in Glasgow, the old movie theater where they used to show the Rocky Horror Picture Show near the university. That's been renovated and redone. There's a Cinemark, and then there's a few that are not in Wilmington proper, but on the outsides. And I feel like that allows you to have a little more diversity, especially one's sort of a locally owned. Then you got the Cinemark, you have a Regal, and you have AMC. And there, you're not having the market cornered by just one place. I haven't been to Newark in a while. They redid it, but it's a new ownership. The old peak that came out on that movies thing where the little marquee <laughs> would have been, it's gone. It's yeah. sort of a flatter look now. But it's locally owned and they still have the five theaters and they have like a lot of different discounts and specials for nights and movies, especially Tuesday night. I watched a lot of movies in college, that movie theater. The one on Main Street definitely, uh, I saw a lot of good, bad movies there. I saw Double Team with Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dennis Rodman. <laughs> I saw Space Jam, uh, so that was kind of cool. That one only sucks because... We didn't have cars back then, so I came out of the movie theater and it rained, so I had to walk all the way in the rain, and that wasn't too fun, but Space Jam was fun, uh, Mars Attacks, you know, there's just a lot of movies I've seen there. A lot of bad movies, actually, unfortunately. Um, yeah, those are the ones you would hit up, that one, uh, Christiana Mall, and uh, the other one, like I said, that's kind of, I think it's like 890, I don't know. Yeah, is that like down towards uh, Glasgow? Yeah, that might be the one. Yeah, that's the Regal Cinema there, of course, the one in the mall, that's Cinemark. And in that plaza now where the movie theater on Main Street is, I don't know what was there when you were there, but now, of course, there's a sushi place, there's a pokey place, there's a farmer's market, the Brazilian steakhouse, a Goodwill. It was kind of, you know, those, like the strip mall part uh, was still kind of transitioning, I guess. Uh, you know, I think there was like a newsstand there and, uh, you know, um, a liquor store and some other things, but... Uh, you know, it's it's been a while. Um, I don't, you know, I mean, memories of that place for sure. Um, but it's just it's just been a while. It's just the experience of it still that I appreciate. You know, there are a lot of movies that you can Netflix or you can just come on, you know, Blu-ray or you know, stream it on your phone or your TV or whatever. But just like sitting in the, the movie theater for uh, Infinity War game, you know, there's a collective experience of it. Um, you know, you're hearing the cheers and and peeping and and having a good time. Um, that you just don't get sitting kind of at your home on a couch. You know, it's the same thing, I guess, you know, live sporting event versus watching it at home on your TV. Uh, you know, just the spontaneity and energy you have uh, watching with people. Even then, you get kind of connected with them. Uh, or, you know, you get excited about it because you see Captain America doing whatever. Um, so, uh, you know, so, so that's, that's fun for sure. Just talking about the movie experience, so it's all good. I have a podcast with uh, our friends uh, Keith Demko and Brad Wilkins. Um, we review movies every week. But you know, I wanted to talk to you, Earl, because you, you know you 
watch a lot of movies yourself, and you know you like sports movies, like I like sports movies, and we we enjoy the same kind of a uh, you know some of these movies. You know, it's baseball season. The Orioles are the Orioles, um, and uh, you know you can still watch some baseball or have baseball as entertainment through movies, and they're always going to be the same. I also wanted to talk to you, Earl, because. Uh, I know you're a big fan of Major League. Major League came out 30 years ago this year, you know, as well as another kind of like benchmark movie, uh, Field of Dreams, which I know you haven't seen, and that's fine. Um, you know, people have mixed feelings about that movie. Some, I think, maybe like our generation, or like you know, you're well, you're about one generation behind nine, or like a half. Um, you know, they have a fondness for it. I, I think a lot of people have a kind of a hot take of just like you know, it's trash. I've come around. I've like I liked it, then I didn't like it again. So uh, I don't know. So if you watch it, great. If you don't, not a big deal. But uh, I did want to talk to you a little bit about Major League because I know you enjoy that movie. Oh yeah, and going back to the Field of Dreams part, I always think one of the big things that you always hear people talk about, especially the emotional part of it is just having one last catch with dad and things like that. Some, mm. maybe some people didn't have that good of a relationship with their fathers and that's why it may hit to home or some people had a really good relationship and just want that one last time with them. And, and that's a very understandable thing because emotion in movies, it, I feel like it's just like music. If you don't feel something at the end of a song, just like you don't feel anything at the end of a movie, then maybe it didn't hit you the way it should have. Yeah, exactly, and there there are a lot of points like that, um, and you know it's um I guess in its favor it's sneakily funny. Um, James Earl Jones he's actually pretty entertaining, um, and obviously he has that speech um, that's pretty famous um, about baseball at the end of the movie. I used to have a tape of the last game of Memorial Stadium before they retired it before Cam Yards back in '91, and you know they're in the ceremonies at the end of the game, and that's the first thing they played on the scoreboard. They just play that whole speech from James Earl Jones. That was kind of like the, the capper um, of the of the entire thing. So, uh, you know, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. I mean, Field Dreams definitely is a way different baseball movie than Major League, and now when you think about it, it's kind of funny that they both came out in the same year because they're really a lot different <laughs> from each other. Uh, but both equally good, and uh, you know I have a lot of entertainment out of. I find a lot of entertainment out of both of them. Uh, the sequel, not so much for Major League. I know you like that one, uh, but I don't know. They're both pretty solid movies, and again, it's pretty it's pretty cool to think they both came out in the same year. And they're both coming off the heels of Bull Durham, which is also a very popular movie. Again, I haven't seen that movie either, and I I don't know. It's just not an issue of it not being something of interest it's just i've never had the chance to see it there's a lot of sports movies i haven't seen i haven't seen rudy i haven't seen hoosiers i always just go back from those main points in those lines that you think i always go back to charles s dutton's speech of rudy because that is always the biggest thing when i think of that movie now that rudy is sam wise from lord of the rings i don't know if that's more of one of sean astin's better roles compared to what he's been doing ever since. Yeah, you know, Rudy and Hoosiers are kind of bookends. It's made by the same director and the same writer, and you know, they're kind of the same story really, just underdogs who are kind of coming out on top. Um, Yeah, you know, it's funny with Rudy too. Did you ever watch My Name is Earl? Earl? Uh, Yes. There's that episode where they basically have the entire cast come back 
uh, Chelsea Ross, who is Dan Devine, who's kind of uh, who's uh, kind of played as the heavy in Rudy, and is also one of the kind of uh, kind of so-so townspeople in Hoosiers. Uh, he comes back, and he comes back, and Charles S. Dunn is in there. It's it's pretty funny. I mean, obviously. You appreciate it on a different level if you've seen Rudy. Um, so those are good. I mean, I, you know, as far as sports movies go, uh, in baseball movies, you know, we were talking before we started recording, and I was looking at a list on Wikipedia of baseball movies, and I don't think I've really seen a baseball movie prior to 76, uh, Bad News Bears. I mean, obviously I didn't watch Bad News Bears in the theater, but that's about as deep as I go back there. So, like, yeah, like, we talked about, like, I haven't seen, like, Pride of the Yankees or, um, what other ones, like, Bang the Drum Slowly, right? That's a baseball movie. Yeah, um, Bang the Drum Slowly and the original Jackie Robinson movie where he played himself. Yeah, and I guess there's an Angels in the Outfield from 1950, which I didn't know until I just saw the list. Yeah, I had heard of it, and I think it's probably nothing like the other one. Who knows how similar it is? Just going by basically the Disneyfication of some movies. Yeah, I wonder how close to the original that the Disney one from 94 was. You know, that's one I've never seen. Uh, did you like it? Yeah, I liked it. And especially as a kid, that was really the spate of all the kids' movies. Little Big League, uh, Rookie of the Year. Um, It's a mix of, uh, you know, ridiculousness and a little serious note. Especially with Joseph Gordon-Levitt playing the kid trying to have his family get back together praying to god that the uh, angels can win the uh pennant and tony danza has a pretty good role in there as mel clark yeah and i look back in the cast it's kind of a murderer's row of people who would later have really good careers and matthew mcconaughey's in that movie right um adrian brody too is in that movie yeah danny glover yeah danny glover um so i don't know it's it's good um you know, the 80s and 90s, right, was kind of this, like, became become into the sports renaissance, maybe going up into the 2000s, where it's really a lot of sports movies. And I think we talked about this in the last podcast, that, um, you know, Disney really kind of mastered that formula. Like, the you know, it was kind of the... There, there are a couple of them. Um, there's a kind of fantastical one with the kids that's very Disney-esque, or just uh, funny, like, I would say that one, and like Rookie of the Year, right, are a little bit more fantastical. Um, and then the other one you would have is, like, um, you know, Coach, who kind of uh, gets the team straight, um, you know, who all been acting out, and that's, like, I don't know, Hardball. Um, yeah, I, I just yeah. thought about a whole bunch of other. I forgot Little Giants. Um, if yeah. we're going to talk about Disney sports movies, we cannot forget The Big Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know in a previous podcast, Mark DeMora asked me about The Big Green. I'm like... I don't really remember the big green. Of course, I forgot Sandlot. That's around that same time, too, with Angels in the Outfield and Rookie of the Year. And if we're going to talk about Disney movies that are sort of fantastical, uh, Air Bud, the Air Bud series. Yeah, Air Bud is actually, I haven't seen any of those. I know people like them. I know they, in a weird sideline thing, I know sometimes when you watch movies, you'll see posters of Air Bud in people's like rooms, like, like for kids. And I think they said part of that is because there's no likeness issues there because it's a dog, it's not a human. So, you know, you know, you have squabbling over, um, you know, like, I don't know, Tom Berenger's like, likeness over because he's on, in Major League. But 
you like Major League. You haven't seen Field of Dreams. Like, why don't you talk about some of the, the baseball movies that you like? I, I have a little less for you here, but uh, um, I'm interested to see what your take is. I think there's a couple that we're going to agree on. There may be some, like, low-key underrated movies. But, um, yeah, besides Major League, what uh, what other baseball movies do you think are good? Or would you recommend? Um, let's see. Especially, I guess, one movie, I'm not sure if you've seen it. It's mid-90s. It was a HBO-produced one. It was called Soul of the Game. Uh, yeah. The Negro Leagues, Delroy Lindo, uh, Blair Underwood as Jackie Robinson, and your boy, Michael T. Williamson as Josh Gibson. William <laughs> T. Michelson. <laughs> Yeah, that's a pretty interesting story. It's again, oh, it's been so long since I actually seen the movie. So to compare that to the legends of those guys, and you know, comparing that—that that was my first movie that I saw with Jackie Robinson in it. And compared to Forty Two, I like Forty Two. Forty Two is pretty solid. I haven't seen that one. You know, it's on Netflix. I need to see it. But I think before it goes away, and obviously, uh, you know, Chadwick Boseman is kind of blown up. Minor spoiler alert, they reference, I believe, Cleon Jones in that movie. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Cleon Jones of the Mets. Yeah, it's a very interesting thing. It's like, I didn't even think anything of it. And that's pretty cool. But I'm trying to think. Other baseball movies. Oh, I like uh, For the Love of the Game. Uh, talk about a Costner movie about baseball that I have seen. That is one of them. Uh, that's one I haven't seen. Do you like it? I think people say that's an underrated one, right? And, like, Costner really... Um you know, gets a kind of like aging pitcher who's kind of a, his last hurrah. Yeah, and I like how they, throughout the game as it goes along, it intersperses things that's going on in his life throughout the game. It's like, you'll see a moment, then it'll take him back out to the mound. And um, as he goes through throwing that, I'm not sure if it was a perfect game or no hitter. Uh, spoiler alert yeah. for anybody who haven't seen that movie. But... years old. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel like that's the thing now. We got to say spoiler alert for people who haven't seen movies that are like 35 years old. And especially that whole uproar about when you yeah. can start releasing spoilers for Infinity War. You know, that whole two-week window when the Russo brothers said, yep, now it's fine. The commercials are spoiling some of the good parts about an Endgame now. It's crazy. They were talking about, I think Edgar Wright actually talked about how on Netflix they spoiled, uh, what is it? The last movie in the trilogy, I can't think of what it's called. World's End? Oh, okay. Yeah, just through the trailer that they have on Netflix that I spoil it. I mean, the movie is fairly old. That came out around the time of This is the End, which I feel like probably unfairly gets compared to. Sort of end of the world type things and all this stuff. And, you know, the roguish group of guys that go around. You know, you mentioned um, Hardball before. Um, You've seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. Uh... Yeah, I don't know if they were trying to go Black Bad News Bears or what. I'm well, it's not funny. sure. It's funny. Everyone says, you know, again, spoilers. Like, everyone really just says, like, you know, when G-Baby dies, that just, like, changes the whole tenor of the movie and uh, changes a lot of other stuff. So Yeah, there's been moments in some movies where, like, man, this movie is really, you know, movie's fun little movie. Then, oh, wow, that did not go the way I expected it. Uh, yeah. Trouble with the Curve. I've seen Trouble with the Curve. It's been years, so I really? even recall anything. I don't know. All I know is that Justin Timberlake and Clint Eastwood are in it. Amy Adams, right? Isn't that movie? Yeah. Of course, I've seen Moneyball. That's a... Moneyball, I really like. The more I watch it, the more I enjoy it. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool, especially the seeing Brad Pitt driving in the car, not going to the game. 
Yeah. You know, the scene with the scouts is pretty good. Um, when he's kind of, you know, blowing up the system there and, uh, you know, it's kind of the battles with uh, Art Howe, I think, are pretty good. Oh, and uh, Chris Pratt's pretty good in that movie. He's pretty enjoyable. Yeah, I, you know, and again, there's one of those many movies before he blew up and became Chris yeah. Pratt, a movie star. And I think even, was that before being on Parks and Rec? I think that was at his time, but obviously it was before Guardians of the Galaxy uh, and, and the Jurassic World stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good moments in that movie. Uh, you know, that scene where Brad Pitt, who is the uh, A's general manager, comes to court. You know, Chris Pratt's character is Scott Hattieberg. And, um, you know, they're just like, well, we want you to play first base. And Scott Hattieberg Chris, slash Chris Pratt says, uh, I, don't, I don't know how to play first base. And, you know, Billy Bean's like, well, it's, it's really easy. Like, tell him Wash. And uh, the coach there, who I guess is supposed to be Ron Washington, He's just like, it's incredibly hard. Like, oh, well, you'll learn. <laughs> you know, things like that is uh, very good. Uh, how uh, he kind of confronts Dave Justice and the Bad Cage is good. And um, Jonah Hill's good. You know, it's funny to think, you know, Jonah Hill was nominated for an Oscar uh, for that role. And it's funny to think the kid from Superbad has been nominated for two Oscars. So, Hey, it happens. And he's gone on to doing a yeah. little bit of directing now, too. So that's interesting. He might have just yeah. bypassed all that. You know, I have seen, just looking through the list of movies, you know, I look at this list. There's a few I forgot that were movies and one that we shouldn't overlook, Mr. 3000. Mr. 3000, Bernie Mac. Right. That is the one I, I really want to talk about because I, I, you and I have, a, I think, a deep appreciation of that movie. Uh, Bernie Mac. For those of you who don't know, Bernie Mac is kind of a... He's a very good baseball player. He played with the Milwaukee Brewers. He got his 3,000th hit, basically, and then he retired. And that's his whole stick. He's got, like... Was it, like, 3,000 cuts? 3,000 blah, blah. He has, like, he has this entire shopping mall where it's about Mr. 3,000. They find out later on that they've incorrectly counted the number of hits he has. So he's Mr. 2997, I think. And then, so he has to come back, and he's already been, he's probably been retired, I don't know, 10 years, and he comes back and, uh, you know, tries to get those hits, and hilarity ensues. It's a good movie. I, I like that one. And it's very realistic, too. What I always appreciate about Earl is that, you know, like, Major League, right, it's just like, we're going to win the pennant, right? We're going to win the division, we're going to win the pennant. Um, you know, Bernie Mac and the guy who plays the superstar, T-Rex Pennebaker, they just want to finish in third place. They're just like, man, we can get third, man. We just If we can win these games, we can finish third. We'd be strong. Uh, so I just like that. I mean, Bernie Mac, you know, RIP, gone too soon. Um, he's just really enjoyable in that role. And uh, he's kind of built for a guy who's like, he, he might have been a good baseball player, but uh, definitely is like, uh, you know, kind of paunchy. I guess like his shape is kind of a less athletic, like Tony Gwynn at the end of his career. Uh, I don't know what to classify. I think, uh, I mean, he wasn't Tony Gwynn's shape, but he was, I guess, an aged forty-year-old guy. I mean, I, I don't know how to best describe what. Yeah, no, I mean, I just like he kind of. I mean, he, you know, it's like everyone nowadays. These movies, everyone gets like super fit. If you're playing a superhero, you play yeah. a baseball player, you know, you got like you know eighty-nine abs and everything like that. But Bernie Mac just played Bernie Mac as a baseball player. Um, Angela Bassett's in that one. Um, you know, it's 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 a good movie. I, I like it. It's directed by 
Charles Stone III, who did those What's Up commercials in Budweiser in the early 2000s. And he also did the Uncle Drew movie that came out last year, which, again, for what it is, it's a pretty entertaining movie. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know what? I also thought about other movies around that time. I'm starting to look through the list. I saw The Scout, but I didn't at the time. I was too young to really understand it, so... <laughs> yeah, I've seen The Scout. You know, I saw half of The Natural. I was like one day, they had it on MLB Network. I was watching the movie, and then I had to go to work. So I'm like, damn, I haven't seen the rest. I think I've seen it after he got shot, and then that's when mm-hmm. I had to go to work. Okay, well, I mean, the beginning is good, and then, like, kind of the downfall part is bad. And obviously, even probably if you haven't seen the entire movie, you've probably seen the ending um, in, the, in the home run and stuff. Uh, so... Um, I had a list of a couple movies that like I personally liked that we um, Mr. 3000 we talked about Moneyball Bad News Bears the original not the remake with Billy Bob Thornton I just like that one it has a charm to it you know Water Mouth Owl is really good as well as, well as uh, Kel- um, what's his name who plays Kelly Leak and then uh, Tatum O'Neill oh Jackie um, Earl Haley yeah Jackie Earl Haley who again this guy who's kind of had a little recent renaissance now he's uh, he's working so I appreciate that um we always disagree on this. Um, I like Little Big League. I know you would favor favor Rookie of the Year over that. Yeah, I, Little Big League to me was just a little boring pacing wise. It just I I don't know. I wasn't very big into it. I watched it finally. I'm like, eh. again, at the time it was like I was eleven. So yeah, <laughs> and what you know, and maybe watching it again, I'll have a different opinion, and I think that might change and just over watching the zaniness and over the top stuff of rookie of the year. Um, I think that's a, yeah, I think that might change over time. Oh, you know, a movie we did not talk about. I, I wonder if you have seen it. Brewster's millions. Yeah. You know, that's listed. That's listed as a baseball movie on Wikipedia. I have not seen it. I know Richard Pryor is pretty good. I know the premise. Um, and obviously spends a lot of the movie, right? He's got like Cubs gear on. Yeah, and he plays for a minor league team. Maybe it's an independent team, too. So, actually, I think it might be New York. Yeah. Yeah, I think it might be more New York because I think some of the stuff takes place in, like, New Jersey with the little the team that he plays for. Um, there's another movie that has Billy D. Williams, uh, Richard Pryor, and it's called The Bingo Long Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings. That's 1976. Okay. I don't know that one. That's um, interesting. Maybe that's, like, maybe the old barnstorming days and... Yeah. yeah, Negro League, Barnstorming Days. Um, what about um, the Sandlot, right? I've done some of these sports lists, and I never really leave off the Sandlot, and I always regret it because, I mean, that's a pretty good movie. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, yeah, especially at the time. That's like sort of fits my age group, especially, I can't remember what year, if it came out, what, 90? I think 92, 93. 93 or 94, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I liked it, definitely for what it was, and just especially... I thought it was pretty cool, especially the commercials. You see, like, the big monstrous dog, and then at the end, they just overplay it, just maybe because it's youthful exaggeration and things like that. Oh, another movie I'm starting to look through, Cobb. It's been a very long time since I've seen Cobb. That was maybe, like, uh, again, that came out when I was 11, so I probably... 94, it says. Yeah, um, back in 94. Back in 94. Um, yeah, I, that's one that, uh, you know, when you're flipping around, like, uh, MLB Network... Um, there are parts of it I've seen, but I haven't watched a full movie, you know. Um, but I guess, you know, Tommy Lee Jones is pretty decent as Ty Cobb, I guess, so 
Um, what other ones did I have? Um, or yes or no? Um, or, and uh, if you like it, uh, a league of their own. Oh yeah, I like a league of their own. That's apparently that whole string from like ninety to ninety five. Tons of baseball movies came out. I don't know what made that so important, especially the early nineties. Basically, there's a string of movies from eighty nine to ninety five. Tons yeah. of movies. And we've named most of them. There's a couple others I see on this list that, wow, we hadn't even touched. And that's not even including uh, Major League Two and a few others. Uh, wanted to go back quickly. We talked about Kelsey Ross was in Major League. He played. Yes. Uh, yeah. He was the crafty veteran who used basically like a um, Gaylord Perry type using all different types of things. Vagisil, Vaseline, Bardol. Uh, use a little jalapeno to, to put a little uh, edge on the ball. <laughs> Are you telling me that Jesus Christ couldn't hit a curveball? Oh, man. Oh, gosh. Looking at it, the older I get, man, that movie is a lot better, especially the lines about uh, playing third base, like the Matador, Wesley Snipes' Willie Mays Hayes. I'm surprised they haven't. They've been talking about it for years, doing a follow-up to Major League Two, since number three does not count. What else do I have that, uh, yeah, we talked about a lot of them. Um, let's see here. You know, one that I also like a lot um, have you ever seen 61 with, you know, about the Maris Mantle home yeah. run race with the crystal and, uh, Barry Pepper and Thomas Jane. That's another one. That's really good. Um, that's a, that's just a good baseball movie. Yeah. And it's just crazy to see what Roger Maris went through the clump of hair that was falling out and things like that. And I feel like that was a really good way to at least memorialize and remember Roger Maris that, you know, he went through a lot of stuff, especially because everybody wanted Mickey Mantle to break the record. Yeah. But you look at the statistic anomaly, we always talk about Brady Anderson and his magical 50 round <laughs> season. I'm not saying it's steroids. I'm just saying in baseball, yeah. statistical anomalies happen. Mm -hmm. Didn't we have a couple of guys that maybe hit like five or six home runs one year and all of a sudden hit 20 or 30 and then never hit double digits again yeah there's a bunch i mean you just really have that one weird year you know sometimes you can explain it you know i think 87 right it was like a it was kind of a rapid ball year i think and um some you know some of the other ones obviously maybe steroids oriented but let me look at the other list here see uh of other ones um know that like 30 for 30s put out a, a bunch that have been good you know like the one about fernando venezuela um did you know that Josh Dumal played the Eastman Lee in a movie a couple years ago? Really? Yeah. That was a funny one, too, because, you know, Josh Dumal is right-handed, and obviously Bill Lee is left-handed. So they did it old school. They shot everything, and they flipped it. So Josh Dumal would pitch right-handed, but his if you read his jersey, it would be backwards, and then they just flipped the shot. So he'd look like he'd be left-handed. Didn't um, Bill Lee actually pitch with, like, a... Spaceman uniform on at one point. I remember seeing that. He did. Was that an exhibition game uh, or a legit game? I can't remember. Oh yeah, you know the rookie is a Disney one. Have you ever seen that one? Uh, played? I can't say I've seen it. I, I I saw all the trailers for it, but yeah, there's a bunch, and you know, I think I didn't know there's like a there's a documentary on Hank Greenberg. You mentioned um, what was it Soul of the Game, which is a good one. Um, you know, I think before we started recording, they listed Wikipedia, I don't know, it's kind of half and half a baseball movie, uh, The Fan, uh, with Robert De Niro and Wesley Snipes. Um, did you ever watch The Babe with John Gilman? 
I did not, but I heard people just tore that movie apart. <laughs> you mentioned the scout. Um, Ed is a baseball movie with the monkey. Yeah, that was awful. <laughs> that was no said about. It. No realism yeah. to it. I mean, the other guy, Matt LeBlanc. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, throwing 105 miles per hour. Yeah. Come on, man. I really believe that. Yes, I'll even suspend disbelief and let the monkey play third base, but not throw 105 miles per yeah. hour. You know, I was thinking about when I was looking at this list. I think you and me need to write this or somebody. We need to write a small rec equivalent of um, Kenny Powers, Ace Bounded Down. I think that would be a good movie or series, I think. Because. Uh, you know, Earl is the, uh, you know, franchise uh, creator of the time softball team. And, uh, you know, we played and managed uh, for many years on the team. And uh, some wild things happen. <laughs> are we writing it for HBO or are we watching it, writing it for network TV? Uh, no, we can do HBO. So uh, it could be pretty wild. Oh, extremely yeah. over the top now. <laughs> <laughs> And we were just talking about, especially HBO and sports series. I don't know if you watched it, but they had it when it was a game where they would do all the black and white footage from like the pre-war, pre-World War II stuff and the early 50s yeah. and things like that. And then I think they did their last one, which was right before the 70s kicked in. So you actually saw like some uh, Orioles stuff before it's St. Louis Browns. It's before expansion, the early days of the Mets. And things like that when baseball started to head west and everything that was yeah. a pretty good uh series i don't know where you can find those unless i think my new movie watching device of course is the fire stick yeah sometimes you gotta go out there and find stuff and you know there's different places where you can find tons of old movies that you really can't find on netflix or hulu or other things like that you know, one thing we didn't mention, too, uh, I don't know how much you've seen of it. It's obviously, like, many parts. Um, Ken Burns Baseball? Yeah, I. it's been a long time since I actually watched it in Hall. I remember when it first came out, I was just glued to the TV. And I knew they did, what, the uh, that final inning. They did a 10th inning, which I have not seen. And when I start trying to watch it, I just, uh, I just never had the chance to finish it. Okay. It's just me falling asleep. It's me feeling old and just falling asleep. That's pretty much it. (laughs) What is the worst baseball movie you think you've seen? Uh, Well, Major League Back to the Minors. That's one. Um, (laughs) I never watched Fever Pitch, which apparently went way, way differently from the book. It wasn't even about the same sport. Um, Let's see. Bad baseball movies. There's probably a few there. Uh, I think the other one, too... I can't finish it, but it's on MLB Network occasionally. Summer Cabbage. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? In that case, uh, Ken Diffrey Jr. redeems himself. And him being the villain and Little Big League, he takes uh, Freddie Prince Jr. deep at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even watch the whole movie, um, but I just need to deep. I think the other staple of uh, MLB Network's like movie catalog right, is Mr. Baseball, which I like fine. I have not seen that fully. And again, there's really? a lot of stuff that came out when I was much younger that I hadn't seen and that I just haven't had the opportunity to see. It's, I have no opinion on the movie, but I mean, I guess it seems pretty funny the way everybody talks about it, but Dennis Haysbert's in it. I mean, obviously some of the like fish out of the water, fish out of water, like American Japan stereotypes um, probably don't play as well in 2019. 
I like how in the beginning, and the premise is kind of weird because, you know, Tom Selleck is the Yankee slugger and he's, quote, traded to Japan uh, for this new guy crushing the ball who's played by Frank Thomas, uh, just kind of like in his, like, you know, he's just killing it, uh, Frank Thomas. Height of his powers, not Frank Thomas, um, whatever that thing he sells now. Before we get to the Taylor thing, but uh, Frank Thomas, if he's taking stuff that replaces testosterone, make you wonder a little bit. Does if you're taking, if you're trying to replace testosterone, why did it go down so quick? I know he's not that old. Him and Jeff Bagwell share the same birthday, but that's a little alarming. But yeah. all of a sudden, you need to replace testosterone. I know it happens among some men, but I don't want to put that out there because he he's naturally big. He's a he's a big guy, so I don't want to use the steroid yeah. thing. But honestly, that is sort of weird. I mean, I guess it's good to say that you know when you get a certain age, you feel like you need to feel young again. Uh, yeah, just sort of like I mean, no, I'm just saying like I don't know that. Yeah, just like you know. It's it's weird when you hear that. It's definitely not like Raphael Palmero shilling uh, particular things. So yeah, <laughs> you should have used B twelve all I the time. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, you know what, Raphael Palmero. Like, if you want to do it, then you know that's fine. And uh, you know, hats off to you because I guess someone's got to do it, and uh, you got paid for it. So you know, do your thing. I liked Mr. Baseball. There's one line I always remember, and it kind of um, it, it kind of just kind of pre- is a precursor of stats because uh, you, you know, like I said, Tom Selleck's character gets traded to uh, Japan, and he's trying to justify. You know, he's like, I still have it, man. Like I'm still good, and he just comes up with this most inane stat. He's just like, I'm at the American lead in leadoff doubles in the ninth inning in August. I still got it, you know. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's fine. I mean, baseball movies, I just, you know, it's a good genre, uh, and it's just entertaining. There's a lot of people, and again, it's, um, because you have 25 people on the baseball team, um, you're getting a lot of young actors who hopefully will end up doing something later on, like we talked about with McConaughey or Adrian Brody, uh, Major League, you know, Dennis Hayes, I mean, there's a bunch of people, obviously, I think. Charlie Sheen and Tom Berenger were the biggest folks. Um, oh, Eight Men Out. We forgot Eight Men Out. Wesley Snipes was kind of on. His, yeah, Eight Men Out is a good one. Eight Men Out good. You know, I don't know if you were there. Uh, I mentioned Eight Men Out um, to uh, on Twitter just as baseball movies that I like. And I mentioned D.B. Sweeney who's in that movie. And D.B. Sweeney like liked and retweeted it. So that was, uh, was kind of neat. <laughs> is it better than but, having Tate Diggs? Yeah, those are good. Yeah, you know, yes and no. I was really disappointed because I tweeted at Chuck D. I was at the Smithsonian uh, Museum of uh, African American History last week, and there is a banner of public enemy on it, and D, and like nothing from Chuck D. I was like, oh man, I thought we were friends, Chuck D. I followed you, um, but I mean that's what it is. I don't know what it is about baseball movies that I just uh, I like so much. And maybe the aesthetics of the baseball and the baseball caps, baseball uniform, I'm drawn to. And again, the uniform nerd of me was really impressed. I think the, the most accurate one was probably Mr. 3000 because you're two different eras. You know, because Bernie Mac's character, they're basically wearing their period-appropriate uniform at the time, uh, which is like that 
a different kind of interlocking B and uh, the uniforms, and then when they flash forward, uh, you know, it's a uh, it's a regular uniform. So that's like the small attention to detail appreciated uh, with that movie. And um, you know, my jersey collection um, has been thinned out some just because we just so many, and you can only wear you know one at a time basically. But two movie jerseys that I have, I have a Bad News Bears jersey with um, Tanner Boyle, right, I think, uh, the little scrappy second baseman, and then um, I am like all out, I have the hat, I have the jersey, I have the baseball jacket, I just love the look of that. Baseball movie genre, I will always at least consider it, I won't always watch the movie, consider it. I never watched this TV show, and it got canceled after one year, but did you ever see that one in Fox with the female pitcher? Oh, Pitch, yeah, we watched it all the way to the end, I feel like... They put it on the wrong like night. It? Yeah, I liked it. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't over the top. I mean, she wasn't throwing 97. She was like throwing in the upper 80s, if that. I mean, it seemed very realistic. I guess sort of a rebirth for Mark Paul Gosselaar showing up out of nowhere. Yeah, right. He's like the grizzled catcher, all-star, like, you know, veteran guy. What's his name is in there, right? E from Entourage, right? He was like the team official guy who's kind of a maybe too slick for his own good. I don't know. I mean, when, uh, is there any movie that you would like to see that we haven't done yet? Or any anyone's story? You know, flipping through that list, uh, a lot of people's stories have been told, maybe not in the last 50 years, but, you know, old-timey movies. Apparently there's the Satchel Page movie. We've been mentioning, you know, Jackie Robinson has a couple of movies. Um, you know, we haven't had one, like, I don't know if they're particularly interesting, you know, like Willie Mays or... Oh, you know, I haven't seen it yet. Earl, have you seen, you know, Netflix and Lonely Island? They did the unauthorized uh, biography of the Bash Brothers, so they're playing Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco. Um, you should look at the YouTube clip. I mean, uh, they kind of lean in a lot on the steroids part uh, for humor. It's right, Beastie Boys asked for the music, but you might like it. If you like Lonely Island and um, the opening song, at least the one I saw on YouTube, they're rhyming with Big Mac. They talk about Big Mac and then Fork and then becomes uh, Mork from Mork and Mindy and all this kind of thing. I have to check that out. You know, you talked about Willie Mays. That was going to be one of the people I'd like to see a bio on. A story yeah. on Willie Mays and one on Hank Aaron. We have not seen one on Hank Aaron at all. Yes, both of those guys, definitely. You know, the, the other one, too, um, I was looking, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, there's a movie about um, Ron LaFleur. Do you, I mean, the, the, he's before our era. He played in the 70s. Uh, you know, he played for the Expos. But there's a TV movie about him. Went to prison for a while and then, um, you know, covered him and he got out and played for the Tigers and the Expos. And uh, there's, there's a movie played and um, LeVar Burton plays Ron LaFleur. Hmm. Interesting. I can't say I've ever seen it. I just thought of like five people off the top of my head. I'd like to see a Frank Robinson movie. That'd be interesting. I, I'm not sure how far you could go with that or where you could go with that. That would be a good one. Yeah. Denny McClain would be interesting. I mean, if we yes, were to go to yeah, Scumbags, we might as well pick like Lenny that. Dykstra too. Lenny Dykstra would probably be one of those guys that I'd be interested in seeing a movie about. A few other things would probably be 30 for 30. Maybe Mitch Williams and Joe Carter. That would be a good 30 for yeah. 30. Or how about, like, Albert Bell, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, Albert Bell, yeah, that's a very interesting one. They actually did, like, on MLB Network, they always do the specials. They did one about Tony Gwynn, and it's mm. crazy. When you see Tony Gwynn Jr., you hear his voice, and it's like, man, you're you're hearing Tony Gwynn, and it's just so mm. crazy. 
And when you see that movie in a documentary and it's like, man, it's just seemed like a legit good guy. It's not like the perception that we all had about Kirby Puckett. And then you find out, oh boy, that he is not a legit good guy. And yeah. Which is sad because I, you know, Kirby was one of my favorite players, but yeah, I know there's some interesting ones. We're not thinking about ones. Um, there's that one guy too. Someone wrote a story about him. I think. Um, do you remember this guy, uh, Lyman Bostock? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, he got shot. Uh, he was just riding in the car and he got shot, and he had like a lot yeah. of potential. Yeah. Yeah. I like him, or um, yeah, like Mark Fitrich. Um, I can't even say with a straight face. Tito Martinez, but. I couldn't even say it. <laughs> Donnie Moore would be, yeah, Derek Shaw, you know, one of those guys who just, they're interesting. There are a lot of stories out to be told, for sure. Oh, yeah, Bill um, Buckner. Just oh, you know, the other guy, too, you know, um, yeah, obviously, 42 and the other movie represent Jackie Robinson and him breaking the color barrier, but, like, what about Roberto Mente, right? I mean, especially um, yeah, how he passed away suddenly, um, you know, that would, I think that would be an interesting one. Or, of course, I mean, I mentioned, too, Pete Rose is another one, probably. Um, awesome. That would probably be kind of wild. Maybe better as a TV show? I don't know. They did that awful ESPN movie, Hustle, with Tom Sizemore. <laughs> did you ever see the one, speaking of ESPN movies, did you ever see the one, uh, Bronx is Burning? I did not watch it. I, I mean, I know they heavily hyped that up. But that would be a very interesting one to see. Um yeah, it's crazy, especially now more. Again, you hear some of the other stuff that came out that Reggie Jackson said that uh, that Billy Martin said, especially years later that he uh, used some very un well, especially when you think Billy Martin was the same guy that fought some guys in a bar when they heckled one of his black teammates. That was sort of like, well, that's sort of weird. I don't expect that to happen, but yeah, yeah. Again, there's a lot of stories to be told. Um, you know, with that, um, maybe there's some sort of like tell-all A-Rod book may- or A-Rod movie. I-, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. They should have hit the iron while it was hot with the Jose Canseco movie. That would have been very yeah. interesting because, yeah. yeah, there is a lot of stuff. I guess now it's eh, years later and, and those guys are retired and, well, nearly retired because uh, Palmero was still playing at some point. I'm just thinking about probably in kind of our era, you know, like 90s and the 2000s, like who would character, who would make a good movie? You could do one with McGuire um, and, you know, kind of their weird turn, Barry Bonds. Ripken. Um, yeah, Ripken. I don't know, would the Ripken one be, would the Ripken, I just like, obviously I like Cal, but what what do you think is interesting about him? Well, just like ev- everybody's going to talk about the streak, and that's one. That's one part. Mm-hmm. Um, people overlook sort of him winning Rookie of the Year, all that stuff. Really, the fallout with him and the Orioles after they fired his dad, that's something that hardly ever gets talked about a lot. Guys thinking that he couldn't stick at shortstop. That I mean, it's little stuff. We can go super <laughs> over the top and talk about the fictitious Kevin Costner incident. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to mention. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, there's like, there's drama, you know, like, you know, the, how the streak, you know, how he kind of blew out his knee during that fight. Was it the Bill Hasselman Mucina fight? I yes, think it, it was, was right? it was, it was that yeah. fight. We could always talk about the strike. And just yeah, that's right, that could be the ending, right, about how he, how he, 
how he kind of like brought baseball back after the strike. Uh, that would be his arc. Or maybe um, even uh, him hitting the home run at the All-Star game. That could be probably either where you yeah. end it or you begin it and just sort of go back with that. You know, MLB Network, they're always good with their documentaries. They did one about the 94 Expos. I would like them to go in depth about the 94 strike. It's happened 25 years yeah. ago. And at one point, a few years ago, it felt like the labor piece is so good. But now that both sides are sort of warring with each other again, slightly over little things that, you know, 25 years of labor piece is probably the longest that Major League Baseball went the post free agency era without lockouts. Yeah. Well, we're talking about. Why haven't there been more baseball movies done? You know, I think just in talking with you, maybe part of it is just we have become kind of rich with all these really decent and good baseball documentaries, you know, 30 for 30 and some of these other things, and that's kind of sucked up the market, right? There's no, like, why watch a fictional version when you can just watch a really good documentary from 30 for 30? Um, and, uh, you know, you don't have to experience um, some some actor poorly throwing a baseball. <laughs> But when the, you can just watch uh, footage. Oh, yeah, and it's true. But I sometimes wonder that 30 for 30 only covers like a certain period. There's a need for a Kurt Flood movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a good one, too. That that would be a good one, too. I'm just thinking like, yeah, what other what other ones? Um, what other ones could you do that are that are interesting? Um, you know, there's probably a documentary about like, um, Dale Nomo or Ichiro, you know, the guys who were, you know, kind of the pioneers of the, you know, uh, for Japanese players coming here. Um, we mentioned, like, Clemente and, you know, maybe some of the, you know, main Latin players who kind of uh, blazed the trail as well, um, but just kind of aren't as well known. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, we haven't really had um, some of these larger life figures like Ted Williams, right? I mean, Ted Williams... Uh, kind of, I know that part of the natural is kind of based on him, but I mean, you can go into him being a fighter pilot in the Korean War and being wingman to, um, I think it was John Glenn, right? I don't know, one of the one of the astronauts, um, you know, things like that. It's just, you know, and his ending um, as kind of a thing. So, yeah, I was gonna say, even though he's not like a big name player, his personality, a Tug McGraw story. Yeah. yeah. Doug McGraw would be good, um, and uh, I, I just like who else? I mean, like some baseball players are kind of bland, or most baseball players are kind of bland. So it's just like which, which ones? Because I don't, you know, I'm just thinking like who is the who are the rock stars? You know, you know Joe Namath. It kind of exemplifies the NFL right in the '70s, right, the fur coats and all that stuff. And um, but like who is the who is like the who is like the outsized? baseball player um you know most of these guys just kind of are very quiet you know they do it with this quiet determination but who are the guys who are just like i mean other than like ozzy uh, smith who's probably you know just think of ozzy smith but really there wasn't really much that went on with him that would merit in a movie unless you want to do one about oh a good tony larissa bio would be good because apparently he's nuked so many bridges with people uh that would be interesting yeah that would be a good one that would be interesting. Um, you know, things to explore, right? You know, I, I was just like, who, like, who else has a good story? I mean, some are more like Hallmark, Disney esque. I mean, like, you know, 
kind of overcome cancer, become you know uh, successful baseball players like what John Lester, Anthony Rizzo, uh, those folks. Um, yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's just um, there are a lot of good stories that are being told out there, but they're just being through documentaries. Um, Speedition has a really good, you know, their videos on YouTube are very good. They do a thing that's like, they basically kind of uh, do little hits on, like, the downfalls of teams, like, you know, the Marlins up collapse. and downs. Yeah, um, I watch the, the collapse ones all the time. Oh, collapse, that's right, yeah. Um, beef history. Was Go, beef history, yeah. Which is not exclusive to baseball. But beef history, always watching beef history, you know, um... Uh, they're like they're ones that I don't even know. They, and they picked out some obscure ones, right? Did you ever, did you see the one with uh, is it Jose Mesa and Omar Vizquel? Did you ever see that one? Oh yeah, I always knew about that. Uh, he said he was going <laughs> to hit him every time that he came up to the plate. I, I always remember right yeah. after that when when the book came out. It's like oh yeah, this is going to be interesting. And he kept his word. He kept his word. He did not go against it until like the end of his career. Is like okay, I'm done. This is over. The one those two, um, the Mariners from 2001, right? And how they just never went over the top, despite having all the Hall of Famers and the, you know, that that season where they had all the regular season wins. And then, uh, yeah, the Jose Mesa, Omar Vizquel one, right? They did one on A Rod and Jeter, right? That's, oh yeah, that's one. Yeah, that's one. history. Uh, they did one on the Marlins. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to stay away from the non baseball ones because there's plenty of those that we can talk about i'm surprised that there's so few baseball ones the other ones veer towards the nfl and the nba and occasionally hockey the jeff Kent and barry bonds oh yeah that one just came out that one just came out thurman munson and uh carlton fisk oh yeah that one uh pedro and mike piazza i guess have a beef yeah so salute to usb nation for beef history because uh it's very enjoyable I'm waiting for Bo yeah. Jackson, Deion Sanders. That's got to happen. Yeah, I remember he wasn't very complimentary of Deion. He basically was just, I think literally the quote was to say his crackers don't really fit well or something like that. He just, uh, <laughs> I don't know, whatever the expression is. but Yeah, I don't really see one. I mean, this one might be a little broad but because it, it encompasses multiple sports, but eventually you do a Baltimore versus Pittsburgh one saying that these teams face yeah. each other multiple times in multiple sports for championships and things like that. Yeah, there's definitely a lot. I don't know what the future holds for this. And, you know, I mean, like I said, the good part is that, I mean, we're getting baseball content. It's not necessarily from movies. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of what else what we would want to see. I feel like, I mean, I know they did some documentaries on those A's of the 70s on MLB Network. Yeah. There was this documentary back in the like mid nineties on ESPN that when they were sort of in that kitschy phase, they did stuff on really the like bad blood between pitchers and 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 hitters. They were just talking about different stories and things like that. I remember Mike Flanagan was on it and he said his grandfather mm-hmm. used to have like in his basement this thing that made this like resin stuff that he would use to make artificial spitballs that he would use that he gave to to Mike Flanagan. Uh, they talk about a story where one time, um, I think when Reggie Jackson was with the Orioles, a pitcher hit him straight square in the face and broke his glasses. I think they talk about that massive fight involving Juan Marichal and Roberto Clemente, where Roberto Clemente is going to hit somebody with a bat. There was a lot of stuff like that. I mean, ESPN was so different back then when they did some of their things. There's a lot of stuff that they don't do well now, but the 30 for 30 is among them. 
Ah, yes. I'm just trying to think. They really haven't done that many other baseball-related movies because everything else sort of is, I guess, centric towards basketball and football. They're big money revenue sports. I do like the classy way, going back to Naked Gun, that when Leslie Nielsen died, they did the obituary for Enrico Palazzo. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. You know, again, I just wanted to talk to you about baseball movies because it's it's the season, and um, you know, it's just there. There's still some good ones out there, and I think between the two of us, I think we just shared a bunch of movies that neither you have I have seen, or just ones that we you know that you like that I haven't seen, and vice versa. So a lot, still a lot to go on. Hopefully, I'll be enough to kind of occupy us um, as the Orioles kind of. Um, do you think the Orioles are going to get 50 wins? I don't know now. I'm worried. They're on a pace for 50 wins, but nothing more than that. So back-to-back years with the number <laughs> one pick. Hey, this is what happens when you got to trust the process. And I understand that. I already knew. Yeah. We know what we're getting into. This wasn't like last year where we thought, hey, they've got one more chance. Maybe they might eke in. Even if they won 88 games, they wouldn't have made the playoffs. But I would have rather had Elias running the team to orchestrate the rebuild instead of getting what we have and just hoping that the remnants of the Buck and Duquette era sort of helped him go along to rebuild. Because basically, this team, 80% of this organization still has Buck Showalter and Dan Duquette's fingerprints. Yeah, it will for a while. I think, okay, well, you know, the Astros went through the same thing. And I looked at the Astros record. And the Astros were still winning, like, mid-50s, low-60s. Uh, you know, I'm a member of a couple, like, baseball Facebook groups. And, uh, you know, there's nothing you can really do because they're terrible. <laughs> there's not... Uh, I am surprised. I'm glad that Mancini is, is doing well. He's a little bright spot. Um, I know I was listening to some of the podcasts before... Uh, some of the MLB ones that I listen to, and they were just trying to be like, "Well, who is the Orioles All Star going to be?" And I guess it's going to be, I guess it's going to be Trey Mancini. I want to say that, but the way things are looking, maybe Renato Nunez is starting to slowly have an outside chance. He goes on his hot yeah. streaks every now and then. They are like maybe Luke Scott type hot streaks <laughs> where he is just scalding hot, where you can't stop him. But then he has this huge, huge cold streak. Yeah, he's as cold as uh, Chris Davis when he's cold. Yeah, I think Luke Scott was the original Chris Davis, except Luke Scott was never that awful with the bat. No. He's never as good, and he's never as awful, but uh, yeah. But he could kill the Tigers. I think if there were Orioles guys who could kill the Tigers, it's Scott Erickson and Luke Scott. Those guys, whenever they faced Detroit and ever saw that old English D, they just went off. Yeah. Before we start wrapping up, you know which is very underrated uh, baseball television sports team? The MLB on CBS team. It's a really stealthy good one that they use for their college baseball coverage on CBS Sports Network and on CBS. And that and I think what NBC's baseball coverage game of the week, that was a pretty good one that they used in the late mid to late 80s early 90s before they bowed out of baseball on television. Yeah, I mean, the Baseball Tonight theme is, is pretty solid. Of course, um, I will always say that, uh, I think it's what, Gathering Crowds, which is the end theme to This Week in Baseball. That's always been, and uh, I didn't know, like, This Week in Baseball, the, the opening theme is, what What game show is that again? Uh, jackpot. 
Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, the kind of majesticness of um, gathering crowds, the end theme for uh, this week in baseball, which that's still on, right? I don't know. It's like I don't know who they that's canceled like a product it. of a bygone era. Yeah, they canceled yeah. it years ago before they started doing this whole MLB players poll thing on oh, the MLB okay. Network. Uh, since I cut the cord, I really don't watch MLB Network as much yeah. anymore. That's one thing I did miss when we got rid of cable. But, I mean, there's still ways to watch it. I don't know. I, I will say this going back to Orioles thing. Uh, the cool thing about being a season ticket holder this year, they've given all Orioles fans complimentary MLB TV. Oh, nice. I have the radio app. And I, I listen to that, and I still, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've had it for a couple of years now. But, um, yeah, the TV one uh, is different, so I don't know. So um, what's the best giveaway you've gotten so far? Have you gone, Jenny? Are you going to get the Game of Thrones, Orioles, bobblehead thing, which is pretty cool? I don't know, because this new plan, they give points away to season ticket holders, but you can't add points. You just get certain number of points for being a particular tier member. We have certain points that we're thinking about getting. I don't even know. Um, yeah. I, I want to go to the WWE night, but it seems like it's a weeknight, which makes it tough. If you have them on weekends, especially with low crowds, you might get people to come in. But yeah. for me, an hour trip, hour and a half trip to Baltimore, if it were on a weekend, it would make more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of wrestling and movies, did you ever see Fighting With My Family? I have not seen it yet. I, I heard your guys' review yeah. on it. And I think pretty solid. We were just, and I was just thinking, man, there are plenty other pro wrestling movies. Coursera's The Wrestler. There's mm-hmm. also something of the ilk of the 1980s style Body Slam with Roddy Piper, R.I.P. as well. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it was just so bad. If you ever get a chance, so there, I think you would really appreciate this. There is a wrestling channel on YouTube called Wrestling with Regret, all W's. Where they look back at all types of wrestling movies, some of them like ridiculously over the top and campy, and he just goes through it. And there was even a 1980s TV show on pro wrestling called Learning the Ropes with Lyle Alzado, where he is the teacher, full-fledged teacher, and his, he moonlights as a pro wrestler. But they use some of the legit pro wrestlers. That just sounds like a premise for like, you know, like it's a movie, it's a sitcom within a sitcom that like... You know, like learning the ropes. Like, what if you did this sitcom? We'll call it Learning the Ropes, and you're substitute teacher by day and then pro wrestler by night. I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, that smells like 1980s printing money, enough money to snort cocaine, just like the 1980s was. <laughs> That's basically all it was. And I mean, they use legit real wrestlers from like the NWA back then. So, like the Road Warriors, I think Sting. But yeah, I'll have to send you those links just to let you know about those because yeah it's very interesting they just got a whole list of movies and some of them are like super stupid and some of them are like over the top hokey too like there's this one movie about this kid that wants to be a high school wrestler collegiate wrestler john cena's in it danny glover's in it Um, yeah. yeah and it was just absolutely ridiculous i mean i didn't even watch it i don't even there are just so many reviews. I don't even think they yeah. reviewed The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke, but there's like plenty of other things. And it just, when you look at it, it's like, oh boy, this is either yeah. not accurate to pro wrestling, this is ridiculously bad. Yeah. And, and and most of the time, pro wrestling movies are super low budget. Yeah. Just, you know, as we wrap it up, and just to circle back with our conversation, um, did you know that uh, 
What's Bret Hart's uh, catchphrase? The best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. And what's that from? The Natural. Oh, really? I'll be damned. Yeah, yeah. It might have been the part a baseball movie, see. a baseball movie that we talked about. So boom, brought it back full circle. Yeah, man, that's how it goes. <laughs> what are some ways that people can listen to your podcast and catch up with you guys and see what movies that you guys are going to see in the future? If you're still interested, um, and I haven't kind of turned you off on my voice, um, it's Movies and a Meal. We do a weekly podcast. We, Review movies uh, over a meal. Um, we don't necessarily talk about the meal. Yeah, it's three guys who are basically, we have our own kind of like movie club. We would do this anyway if we didn't have a microphone, but we just happen to put out a podcast. It's on iTunes and Podbeam. You can email us at moviesandameoog at gmail.com. And, you know, we'd love to hear you, so that would be cool. So, you know, we talk about different things. You know, we usually... We try to be pretty current, so, you know, we'll see the movie over the weekend and, uh, you know, we record that Sunday. Godzilla's on the slate, and uh, also, just depending on when you hear this, um, X-Men Dark Phoenix. And then, eventually, it's been out for a couple weeks, but uh, we might circle back to, like, Detective Pikachu. Sounds like pretty good stuff. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll have you back on as a guest sometime, or, you know, the next next time we, uh, we do something, um, or... Do another list or whatever says, so uh, you know, you, you brought some good stuff. Uh, I think, what, the Christmas music one, I think, right? You were on. I think that was the last one where all of us were together. So, And I'm just trying to think. There really isn't many other, when it comes to Christmas songs, that's the only thing you can really do. I mean, I guess TV show themes. And then there's like a whole bunch of branching subjects there, which if you ever do that one, that might be a very long one because yeah. there's so much to talk about. And like I said, different genres, cartoons, TV shows, game shows. There's a lot to talk about. Well, Ben, I do appreciate having you on the show, and I look forward to having you back again. All right. Anytime, Earl. It's always good to chat with Ben Penserga and get his thoughts on some of his favorite baseball movies. If you know anyone who might find this episode of interest, don't forget to share. Are there any other baseball movies we've forgotten? Think a particular film didn't get enough love? Let me know by emailing the show at thesportsrefuge at gmail.com. Next week, my guest will be former television sportscaster and radio personality, Paul Butler. We'll discuss how he got into radio and how that led to a long career as a TV news anchor. You can find previous episodes at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, the iHeartRadio app, as well as wherever else podcasts are heard. Until next time, this is Earl Holland saying thanks for listening and have a good one. You've been listening to the Sports Refuge Podcast. For more information about our show and our guests, go to our website at thesportsrefuge.com. Follow us on Twitter at The Sports Refuge, on Instagram at Sports Refuge Sports Blog, and on Facebook at The Sports Refuge Sports Blog. Thank you for listening.